So I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving break. Uh, we're going to start a new series tonight called I Want to Believe But. And the truth is, guys, that a lot of people in this world want to believe, but they have an issue. They have like a hang up. They have this idea about what God is like, and it's keeping them from going after God. They want to believe, but there's, there's something going on. And, and more often than not, people want to believe. And, and you'll hear things that people say like, um, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Or you'll hear somebody say like, I believe in God, but I don't really go to church. And you're kind of like, you, you hear those things and you're like, huh? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how, how those things work. You know, and obviously it seems like most people believe, like it's, it's just, it's crazy that, that people honestly believe that there is no like higher intelligent being when you just look at like this world and, and everything that you see in this place. Generally, everybody starts to pick up on this idea that there's more to this life that's going on than just the fact that we're this big like chance happening mistake that happened like over billions of years. It seems like there's more going on in this place. And so generally people are like, I want to believe but there's some, there's some hangups. And see, these people, the truth is, they're not rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting God. They're rejecting this idea they have about God. They're rejecting the God that they think they know he is up in their heads. And to be honest, almost everybody, if they had a good understanding of who God really is, there would be a lot less people who would say things like, I I want to believe, but. Because if they understood about God, if they understood about his goodness, if they understood all of those things and who God really was and how much he loves them, all those excuses would go away. But there's excuses and not even excuses, but just like wrong thinking, these distorted views of who God is, they're up in their heads. And so we're going to be talking about a couple different like distorted views of God. And one of those uh, we're going to talk about in a few weeks is the heartless God. And, and we look around in this world and we're like, man, there's just a lot of bad things that happen in this world. And I don't, I can't really, you, you say God is good, but there's all this bad. And if he's so good, why is there so much bad? I, I don't understand it. Or in our own lives, we're like, I needed him for this and he didn't do this. And so I, is, we, we have this view of him that's like this heartless God. Or maybe we have this idea of like these goosebumps. If, if you've ever been maybe in, in a worship service or maybe at a O2 or a 4640 conference and you felt God's presence and you like feel these like, we, we like to like fancy words like physical manifestation, but you just like, you feel them, right? And then all of a sudden you go home and you start living your life and there's a problem and you don't, you don't feel him anymore. And if you don't feel him like in your stomach, if you don't get the goosebumps, the tinglys, you assume that he's absent. So we kind of talk about this distorted view of like the goosebump God. And one of the biggest reasons I think people avoid Jesus is what I wanna to talk to you guys about tonight. And that is that I think a lot of people have this view of God that he's a killjoy, that he's not any fun, that there are just too many rules to being a Christian, that this God is just this thing and he just, he rolls out the scroll and it just keeps rolling and rolling and it's just full of all of these things that we should and we shouldn't do. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is this idea of God being just a bunch of rules and, and wanting us to follow a bunch of rules. And, and the idea of being a Christian is this religion, and this religion is all of these rules. See, I think people say, I want to believe, but 
I'm not going to follow all these rules that they tell me I have to follow. It's ridiculous. I want to believe, but I'm not going to do it. I want to believe, but honestly, I want to experience some things in life that I know if I choose to believe that I'm, I'm going to feel bad about and I, or, or I'm not going to want to do those things. And there's some things in my life that I know God probably doesn't agree with, but I think are going to be really fun. So I want to believe, but I kind of want to experience some of that stuff. And so I really choose not to believe. I want to believe, but it sounds kind of boring, to be honest. I want to believe, but there doesn't seem to be any benefit. People, people say, I want to believe, but what's, what's it in it for me? Like, if I like my life right now, if my life is going pretty good, I like my friends, I've got a great relationship, you know, I, I, I really like my life right now. But if I, and so if I commit to this God, if I choose to believe, then it feels like he's gonna do nothing but take some of this stuff away if I already like my life. And see, people have this idea in their head that the rules and the lists is what Christianity is all about. But guys, Christianity, religion is not Christianity. Religion is man-made rules to try and please God. Religion is, is everything that people think God is when they say he's just a killjoy. Religion focuses on this outside and how we look to other people. It's like, I'm, I wanna come to 4640. If I come to 4640, people are gonna think I've got my life together, you know, or, or maybe I'm, I'm gonna lift my hands during worship. And if I lift my hands during worship, everybody's, everybody's gonna know that, I love Jesus quite a bit because, hey, hey, right? Or, you know, I, I read the verse of the day in my Bible app, you know, or um, I prayed for my food, not, not at school, because uh, then everybody would see me, but at home, I chose my little sister to pray, and I reminded them that we needed to pray for our meal, right? All of these things that kind of make us look good on the outside. And have you ever said this about somebody and, and, and it, it feels a little mean, it feels a little bit judgmental, but it seems like it happens a lot where they claim to be a Christian and they claim that they, 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 they love God and they do all this stuff and, and you see them in here or, or you see them like, and you know they do that. But then when it comes to like real issues, also you just see them like blow up on a teacher and use language that you're just like, I didn't even know what those words meant, but those sound awful, right? <laughs> or, or you see them with their girlfriend or their boyfriend and they're, and they're just like, yeah, right? Or, you know, and <laughs> we, we see these people that they're like, I'm a Christian, I love God. And then you're just like, but it's not adding up. Like, it's not adding up. What I'm seeing kind of in your heart when, when I see you like look over at your friend's test and you try, he looks at his test answers and he tries to cheat off his friend or, or he, I see him and he's talking bad about somebody over there. But then I do, I do see them here at 4640 and, and they're kind of like, they're doing the, this stuff, or, or maybe they sometimes like carry around a Bible at school. I don't know, like I, it's not adding up. And see, we use this word for these people. And it's like the favorite word to call a, a Christian, it seems like, especially when you start talking about people who don't believe, they call us what? What do they call us? Hypocrites. That's like their favorite word to call us. And the truth is, they're right. Jesus said the exact same thing to people who lived this life of religiousness, who called themselves God, like who people of God, but they just followed a bunch of lists. Read this in Matthew 23, 25. It says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. Pharisees is like the most religious people in, in this time period. So 2000 years ago in Israel, just really, really stuck up 
religious people. Maybe you're like, I know a Pharisee that is going to my school right now. Let's not point them out or anything. But look at this word he says. He says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. Now, see, this cup is clean um, on the outside and it's got all these beautiful uh, fellowship and 4640 stickers and this one from Alpine Bank I just saw and I liked. But inside is apple cider vinegar and lemon with the water. It's disgusting. It's good for my throat, but it, it's, it's nasty on the inside. It looks good on the outside. It's got all these pretty stickers, but on the inside is like my least favorite thing in the world, right? And so this is what God is saying to these Pharisees, these religious people, these, these people who say they're God followers because they have this big long list of rules that they try really hard to follow. He says, you're just nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Religion tries to see, see there's this gap There's this gap, God's perfect holiness, okay? He's way up here, right? The highest of fives right here. And then there's us who is way down here, the lowest of lows, right? And see what the Pharisees and and these people and religion and these rules and these lists are trying to get us to do. Say, hey, follow these things, do these things. And he's way up here and you're way down here. And if you do these things, we can try and close the gap between God's perfect holy righteousness and our yuck and mess. And we try and close that gap with these lists of do's and don'ts. These shoulds, like the list of do's is go to church, maybe give some money, be nice to people to their faces, um, right? Obey your parents when they give you what you want, right? There's all these like should do lists that make us look good on the outside. And there's like the should nots, don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew and don't hang out with girls or boys that do, right? So there's this list, right? See, Jesus said, don't think of what it means to be a Christian as being this big, long list, this scroll of lists of do's and don'ts. And that's what the Pharisees and the religious people did. See, these, these people, they, they made so many rules and God didn't do any of them. There's man-made rules. One of the 10 commandments, which was a rule, God gave us was remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, which basically meant, hey, don't work on the Sabbath. I, you need some rest. You need to be able to refill your tanks. So on the Sabbath day, let's make that mine in your day, all right? Let's hang out. Let's not do a lot of work. Let's fill up our tanks. Let's rest. Let's, let's, hang, let's, let's fill your spiritual tanks, your emotional tanks. Let's do all this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Just basically take a break is what God's saying. Now, the Pharisees and, the, and these, these religious people were so worried that you were gonna break this law that the one simple rule of just, hey, take a break once a week, turned into 65 different rules and regulations and do's and don'ts about how you're supposed to remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. 65 different rules about how, what, what qualifies as work. If you see something on the ground, if your oxen falls into a ditch, is it considered work to pull it out of the ditch or should you just leave it in there and let it die, right? There's crazy, and the rule is you gotta leave it there and let it die on the Sabbath because you're not supposed to work, right? So all of these things, and it was just like this idea of, I gotta close this gap because I, I understand, man, God is good. He's perfect, everything, but I, 
I feel like there's this gap and I got to do with works. Have you ever thought, I want to believe in God, but there are just too many rules, too many laws. Guys, the truth is, is this is not a reflection of what God is. This is not a reflection of his heart. It works. It's works. Trying to get close, trying to close that gap between us and God using rules, what the Bible calls laws. So what is being a Christian? What is it really supposed to look like? Well, there's three points I need you to understand. Point one is you cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. And the law is just a fancy term for what we've been talking about, these rules of do's and these rules of these lists of don'ts. Romans 3.20a says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. This is a pretty strong statement, right? He's basically saying like, I'm up here and I am perfect and, and, I, and I am here and you guys are down here and you cannot close this gap by following the rules, by, by making sure that you're doing all of these little checklists. The simple truth is that no matter how hard we try to please God with what we do, with our works, by how we look, uh, in 4640, when we, we raise our hands, all of those things, we, we try and earn our way up to where God is at. We try and earn our way into his love. Won't work. It says, and no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. It's impossible. So that then kind of is this question of like, well, why is there a Bible full of rules if we're not, if the rules don't do us any good? What is the point of having all these rules if, the, if we follow the rules and it's not gonna help? What is the point? So this is point two. The purpose of the law is to show you your need of a savior. So let's look at the rest of the verse. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Then it continues. It says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. The reality of life, the reality of the world I think, is a lot of people walk around saying this, I'm not that bad of a person. I'm pretty good. Like, I'm, you know, and we hear about these horrific things. We hear about this like shooting in Texas that killed 27 or 28 people. And we're just like, that is a terrible person. And I am nothing like them. And, and we, we can justify ourselves by saying, I'm not that bad of a person because there are people that are far worse than us. And we understand. And so we, we justify it. But the fact is, we're sinners. And that might make you feel uncomfortable. You might feel judged. But the truth is, is man, we mess up. We're not good people. The law and the rules we see in the Bible are important because they show us that each one of us are sinners. And, and you might be thinking, Joe, no, really, I'm really not that bad of a person. Like, I come to 4640 almost every week. Um, I'm really nice to people. You know, I don't, I don't lie all that much. I do all these things. I'm really not that bad of a person, but it's not enough. There's this gap that we have to deal with and being kind of good or pretty good or I'm not that bad of a person isn't enough. Okay, so I want you guys to be honest with me and I'll be honest with you too, like um, if, if this is the truth. So I want you to literally raise your hand, okay? But um, if you've ever told a lie, raise your hand. All right, if you didn't raise your hand, point to them and say, you're a liar. <laughs> and then raise your hand, right? Um, all right, so everybody, pretty much, okay. So who has ever cheated even a little on a test? Okay, like at least it's been like, hey, psst. I remember doing this 
in elementary school at private school. It was a Lutheran, it was a Christian school too. I remember the teacher walking out and just being like, and then, you know, sign languaging. And then I got it wrong anyway. But, um, okay, so we, oh, quite a few. Um, okay, who has ever stolen something? Okay, well, uh, okay. Um, I sort of have stolen something, but it's kind of on accident, all right? I, you remember, so they used to have these like charity boxes that had candy in them, and then you were supposed to put a quarter in and take the candy out, but I was like seven, and I was just like, that's candy. So I grab it, and I put it in my pockets, and then, oh no, I had like this little um, kid's meal, and I stuffed all the candy in my little kid's meal treasure chest thing, and I took it, and I took it in the car, and on the way home, I'm like... <laughs> This is, how, this is how bad I was. I was like, hey, mom, you want some candy? And I was like, check it out. And she's like, where'd you get that? And then all of a sudden I got yelled at and spanked. And then we had to go back and give it back. But I, I stole something, all right? Um, who has ever gossiped, right? Who, who has ever said something? And this is how I like to qualify gossip. If you've ever said something about somebody behind their back that you would not say to their face. All right, so who's ever gossiped? Okay, so we're gonna get a little real here and I want you guys to be honest, but... Who's ever lusted? Who's ever looked at another guy? Uh, looked at, not another guy. Looked at a guy. <laughs> looked at a girl, and 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 been just like, man, he's pretty hot, right? Or he's pretty hot, right? So, see, guys, the standard, and this is how crazy it is. The standard of God's holiness is so far above our, like our, our our idea of like I'm a pretty good person standard that he says, even if you look at a person lustfully, that you've committed adultery. Now, you're probably like, ha, not married, didn't commit adultery, suckers. Ah, loophole, found it, right? Well, to commit adultery, technically, like if, if, if a, a man and a wife are married and the man has committed adultery, that means he's had sex with another woman. So what God is saying, even if you look lustfully upon a woman or look lustfully upon a man. It's like in your heart, you kind of have, have like committed, you've had that like intimate moment in your heart and so, or you've had sex in a sense in your mind with that person, right? And so God's saying that's just as bad that if you look lustfully upon a person. So we're starting to see, man, that's, that's crazy, right? And so according to this little survey, 4640 is full of lying, cheating, thieving, gossiping, adulterers. <laughs> Let's pray. God, we love you so much. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, you could say things like, I mean, like if you think about it, man, that man, that's 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 a wretched person. A thieving, that's a that's a unholy, unrighteous, horrible person. Somebody who lies, cheats, thieves, gossips, adulterizes, and all this stuff, right? Adulterizes. I don't know if I said that right. But Here's the truth, and this is why I, I don't mean to make you feel bad. I don't want you, like, I don't want, I don't, I'm not trying to judge you here, but here's the truth, guys, is that until you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a savior. That if you don't really look at yourself and go, man, I'm, I, I like to say I'm not that bad of a person, but when you put it that way, yeah, I am. It, I, I need a fix. It's crucial to realize that if you go through thinking in your life that I'm not a bad person, that you'll never realize that you need help. 
that you need that savior. So what is the purpose of the law, the rules? It's to make us, we look at the law and we see all of these things. We see things like if you look lustfully upon a person, it's like committing adultery. We see that and we go, oh my gosh, like I fall so short of the glorious like standards that is God and all of him. I, I can't even do that. Or we see all these rules in the Bible and this law, it shows us that, man, I'm messed up and I need help. And this is where our point three comes in, is his being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. A couple verses after the one we've been reading, it says in Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Guys, I'll tell you, so I'm blue in the face, it's not about religion, it's not about rules, it's not about lists of do's and don'ts, it's not about the law, it's not about any of that stuff, it's about Jesus. It's about a relationship with him and saying, God, I believe in you that closes this gap. From down here where we're at to the glorious standard of God, he is the only one that can close that gap for us. And it's not about any of those other things. Jesus was on a cross and there was, and there was two other people, one on each side, and there was two thieves and they had done enough bad stuff in their life to deserve the worst execution, the worst death that the Romans could think of by nailing a person onto a cross. And one of these thieves starts berating and making fun of Jesus and saying, hey, if you're the, if you're the son of God, why don't you take, like, why don't you get off that cross? And while you're at it, why don't you take us off our cross too, right? And he starts mocking Jesus. And then there's another thief that says, hey, remember me. Remember me in that moment when, when you're in heaven with your father. And Jesus says to him, I tell you that you today will be in paradise with me. Now this thief, okay, he, he had done enough bad stuff to deserve to be executed on a cross. He didn't have any time to do something nice. He, he didn't have any money in, you know, on him. He was just like, hey, you poor person, come get some money out of my pocket, right? He's nailed to a cross. He can't do any good works. He can't, he, he can't fix himself. He can't go to, to the, the temple and, and do a good prayer and, and raise his hands and, and worship. He can't go and he can't get baptized. He can't do any of these things that we think make us right with God. He's stuck on that cross and he's gonna die on that cross. But Jesus said, because he acknowledged that Jesus was the son of God, Jesus said to him, he said, hey, you're gonna be with me in heaven today. Guys, Jesus paid the price and covered our failures and our inadequacies and our sins so we could be right and perfect before God. The differences between religion and Christianity is religion says do good, perform, work, earn it, do all the right things, don't do any of the bad things, that will help. Christianity says it's just Jesus. None of that stuff's gonna help. None of that stuff can, can make up this huge gap between you and him. It's Jesus. He did it all. Religion says, if I try really hard and I obey and I follow the rules, maybe God will love me. And Christianity says, because 
God loves me and I'm accepted by Christ. I choose to obey and want to follow his ways. Guys, religion makes things complicated and Christ makes things simple. God did not want this relationship. God did not want our lives to be so complicated and filled with all of these laws and these rules. And I'll prove it to you. When God created the earth, he created Adam and he created all, you know, he, he said, let there be light, let there be, and he created the earth and the planets and the skies. And then he created all the animals and the birds and the water and the mountain. They created Adam and he created Eve, all right? And so here's this moment where he could set, God bless you, set this, like, he could just like roll it out right here, right at the beginning, make sure they get it straight. He could have just rolled out the list and said, okay, rule number one, da-da-da, don't lie. Rule number two, don't gossip. Rule number three, all right, don't cheat. Rule number three, all right, four, don't lust after other women, even though there are no other women, all right? He could, he could have laid out that list, but he didn't. All he said was, hey, everything in this garden, it's all yours. Name the animals, get to work, you got some stuff to do, all that. But hey, just one thing, okay? Don't eat from that tree. That one tree, it's, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Just, just stay away from that tree. One rule was it. God wanted our relationships with him to be simple. He wanted it to just be about this idea of we're just together. And when we're together, none of that other stuff matters. And yeah, there's this one, like, I, I need to avoid that. And see, we ask ourselves, like, why did God tell them not to eat of the fruit of that one tree? Was it to keep them from the fun stuff? Was it just like, all right, like, it's like the, the back, like, you might have fun here, but if you eat from that tree, I don't want to invite you to the after party, right? No, it's to keep them away from what was really good? No, it was to keep them from something that would steal life from them. He said, avoid that because it's, it's not good. In Psalm 16, six, it says, the boundary lands of the land have fallen for me in pleasant places. Now, the way God asks us to live our lives as loved, accepted children is not to ruin our, all our fun. It's to give us life and life to the fullest. And, and we're, we're seeing here these boundaries, that these boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Guys, boundaries are friends. If you tried to cross the Vail Pass or Eisenhower, you go over Eisenhower Pass or any of those things, and you ignored the boundary lines that were here or the guardrails, you would die because you would go off of a cliff. Those boundary lines, those white lines, those are actually really, really good. We don't, we're not angry at those lines. We're not just like, but I want to drive off the cliff and I'm mad that there's a line right there. No, it's our friend. A guardrail, if you, if you were to lose control up on that pass and you smacked into that guardrail and you didn't fly off the cliff, you wouldn't be mad at the guardrail for saving your life. But guys, here's, here's kind of the honest thing about us is we, we sort of focus on the boundaries. We sort of focus on where it ends. I want you guys to imagine this. I want you to imagine like a, like a resort, okay? And it's this all-inclusive resort in the most beautiful place imaginable. And it's huge, okay? We're talking like, like 100 square miles where you, it just feels like you're in this just paradise, right? And, and, you, and there's water slides and there's water parks and there's like 
50 different like five-star restaurants and there's all of this awesome stuff in it and there's everything you could want in it and there's like shopping malls there's a movie theater there's like biking trails hiking trails there's a river that like a rafting river there's mountain climbing there's like outdoors people stuff there's like this place where the movie theater isn't for movies it's for video games and you can play the video games on like the biggest screens imaginable and you can do all of this fun stuff and imagine okay that that was the resort but they have to keep out what's out there, right? It's a resort. You have to be let in and you have to, to, to be in. So they build a fence around the entire perimeter of the place. And imagine if you just walked around the fence and you just said, oh, you mean like, look at, like the fence is here and, I, but like, look at all this, the fence is here. So I can't, if I go in there, I can't do any of this and you like walk the line and all of a sudden you realize it stops a hundred miles down the way and you're just like, are you kidding me? This is the most ridiculous resort in the world. I've been only a hundred miles here that I have inside of that thing and that like all this cool stuff and we like focus on the perimeter and we like walk it and we just see where we can't go and we never go in to see what's in. That's what I'm talking about is because we're so concerned that where those boundaries are, it's like, okay, so if I accept Jesus, how far can I go with my girlfriend? Uh, like, that doesn't seem, like, what can I do on a Friday night? You mean I, I, I shouldn't go to that party? Like, what drugs can I do if I follow Jesus? None? No drugs. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. We focus on the boundaries. And imagine, we, we walk around and we see all of the boundaries, but we never go in to see what's on the inside. When we go on the inside, we just see, man, I'm really grateful that those boundaries are there because to be honest, there's a lot of like wild animals that would eat me alive if I was out there or there's violent cartel. I don't know, right? There's, there's all, in my mind, I was picturing like Mexico um, for this resort. But you see what I'm saying? Like we have these, we, we, we focus so much on the perimeter and, and, we're, and we're so concerned at like, well, well, how far can I go here? How far can I go here? And we focus on all that. We don't realize the goodness that is when we just dive in to God. Religion complicates with laws. Jesus, he simplifies with love. Jesus said the most, somebody asked him, what's the most important commandment? He said, here it is. Love God and love other people. Those are the, like, if you do those things, you're pretty much, doing what all the other commandments are trying to get you to do. They kind of fall into one of those two categories, loving God and loving people. Well, how do we love God? It says in, it says in 1 John 5, 3, loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. I love that God was concerned enough and understood that people would probably think that he was just not that fun and that it was just gonna be a bunch of work and it was gonna just be kind of bleh if you follow to me, that he says, loving God, yeah, loving me means keeping my commandments, but they're not burdensome. That what, what I have to offer you on the inside, the small boundary lines that I have for you, what's on the inside of those boundary lines is far greater, far better, far sweeter than what you're gonna find on the outside of those boundaries. Guys, God doesn't wanna ruin your fun. And I don't think this is, just for those who don't believe in God at all. Truly, I think 
this is for each of us who probably say, man, I really haven't committed my life to Christ fully. Like I come every week, I, I, I love, I, I, I worship, I listen to these messages, I read my Bible a little bit, but to be honest, I kind of live my life the way I wanna live it because I'm, I'm afraid of what I have to give up. That if I, if I commit my life completely to God, like he asked me to do, God gave everything to me and now he's asking me to give everything to him. I'm afraid what I have to give up, that if I, I might have to give up a boyfriend or a girlfriend who doesn't know him. I, I don't know if I, man, I, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. I don't know if I'm ready to give up a favorite show because I really like that show. I, I really like Supernatural, but I, I understand that there's a lot of like demonic and bad stuff that he doesn't like. Or I really like horror movies, but maybe he doesn't like me watching those. And man, I, I don't know if I want to give that up. Or I really like social media, but I understand that if I commit my life to Christ, that I might not want to be on social media as much because I, I'm tempted to look at stuff I'm not supposed to look at because social media is full of it. Or... I tend to just look at other people's lives and I just kind of talk bad about them. I go, man, did you see that new tattoo he got? That's a really ugly tattoo. Or, or do you see that haircut? Or did you see that picture of her? And I tend to just gossip and talk bad about them and I'm tempted to do those things. That surrender of all those things and we're afraid of what we have to give up. But guys, the surrender comes down to a question. The question is, do you believe God is good? Do you believe that he has your best interests at heart, that he cares enough about you, that he cares enough about your life, and, and, and he loves you enough that he doesn't just want you to follow a bunch of rules, but he wants you to live a life that you're gonna enjoy. He's gonna give you a life that's far better than anything you could experience without him. Or if you're honest, do you think he's just gonna kind of ruin what you have going for you? Living loved by God does not equal do whatever I want, it means experiencing a love so good and pure that you just want to love them back. That's what we talk about in the, in the first John 5 of, if you love me, obey my commandments. Well, it's because he loves us. And that's, that's the way we show him love. It's not earning his love. It's showing our love when we obey those commandments. Guys, I think there's a battle going on in a lot of minds right now trying to make you believe that you're better without God. That you're better without God sitting on the throne of your life, that your life's going pretty good, that you've got some good friends, that you're, you're doing pretty well in sports, that you're, you're, things are going well, and you're probably better off without them. I, I experience that myself. I go through those, that, that from, from time to time, and I, I'm tired. My mind comes down at night when it's like, man, I, I haven't done anything with God tonight, but I'm super tired, and I really just want to watch some Netflix and just kind of like, zone out. That, that comes in that moment where it's just like, if I made God, if I chose to make God the Lord of my life, that I would, I would make that decision to just show him some love by spending some time with him. But, that, but it's hard because I have to sacrifice. I have to make a little bit of a sacrifice to show him my love, not to earn his love. And guys, the truth is, if you were to dive in with God, you might, and you had to lose some stuff, you might feel an emptiness. You might feel an emptiness at first, of those things that you had to give up, that relationship, that broken heart, or man, I don't know what to do with myself. If I'm not supposed to watch my favorite TV shows, now I have a bunch of free time and I don't know what to do with it. You might, you might feel like, man, now that I can't be on social media as much, or if I have to be a little bit more careful, I just don't seem to be able to, I, I, you might feel an emptiness. But the truth is, if you dive in, 
that emptiness will quickly go away. It'll go away because when you dive into God, he will show you the sweeter things of life. He will show you the better things. Where there's heartbreak, he will show you love. Where there's hopelessness and worry and fear, he will show you peace. He will show you kindness. He will show you strength. He will show you courage. When you jump in with Jesus wholly, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, you can see how quickly God will fill the emptiness with far better, sweeter things. Guys, God is not the fun police. He's not a buzz kill. He's not a killjoy. He's good. He's good. And he's better, and he's better than you think. He's better than you know. And I tell you this, that if you just forget about the list of the things of if, if you're if you're thinking about, okay, what if what if I really just gave God everything I had right now? And you're thinking, well, that means I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. God say, don't worry about that right now, okay? That's not the thing I'm worried about right now is, is these, these lists of things that you're worried about, what you're having to do. All I want right now from you is I just want you to get to know me. He's saying, don't worry about the list. Don't worry about the do's and the don'ts. I just want you to get to know me. Spend some time with me. Spend some time in my word. Spend some time in worship, just in your room and just hang out with me, experience me. And God says, it says in Psalms 34 that if you taste, when you taste and see that you'll taste and see that he's good. And he's saying, listen, we'll worry about that other stuff later. The lists of the do's and the don'ts that you're worried about, those things. But for now, don't worry about the boundaries. Just come in, just come in. See how good I am. See all of the amazing things I have for you. The peace, the joy, the happiness. What I really mean when I say I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. What I said when I mean I'm gonna give you an abundant life. Come and see what that is. Because once you see that, that other stuff, it's just gonna fall away. It's not gonna matter. It's not gonna be that big a deal. I want you to close your eyes. I just want you to think, I, I, just, I just feel like, because I do it, guys, in, in these moments right now, in, in this moment, when I think about what it's gonna cost me to give everything I have to God, and guys, there is a cost. But Jesus says, if you hold on to your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give your life, you'll gain it. And, and I know, I, I can just, I just feel it in my heart that in your mind right now, you're going through all of those things of what it, what it means and how uncomfortable that conversation with that friend who you're gonna have to stop hanging out with as much is gonna be, or how uncomfortable it is to just like leave your phone on your dresser and not take it to bed with you so that, that you don't get into trouble or how uncomfortable it could be to just have to watch something else and, and have to find a new Netflix show or, or how uncomfortable it would be to maybe have to be kind to these people that you've already been really mean to. I just, I understand that there's these lists. Guys, that's religion trying to say, you gotta take care of that stuff if God wants, if, if you want to be with God, you gotta take care of that stuff. And God's saying, hey, be with me and we'll take care of it later. So if you, if you have those things in your mind, I just want you to give them to God. Just say, God, you can have them. Give them up. Just say, God, I just want to know you. God, I just want to experience you and your goodness and your love for me. 
There might be some of you in this room that I wanna believe in God, but, and have felt and believed this very thing, that if I believe in God, that I'm just gonna have a bunch of rules to follow and I don't wanna do that. But God is saying, that's not who I am. I'm a loving God. I'm a God that cares about you, that has a life and a plans for a future and hope and good for you. And if that's you and you realize that that was my excuse for not believing, and you tonight say, okay, I'm ready. I wanna believe, so I'm gonna believe. And if that's you, if you're ready to make that commitment to Christ and say, God, my life is yours. I wanna know your love. I'm coming in. I'm not worried about the boundaries. I'm not worried about where I can and cannot go, God. I just wanna come in and I wanna taste and see that you are good. If that's you tonight, I want you to just lift your hand. That's awesome. See your hands. Everybody, if you just pray with me, we just say, dear Jesus, I love you because you love me first. I understand that you closed the gap by dying on the cross for me, that I can't do anything to earn your love, that it's just you. So God, I give you my life, not worried about anything else. I give it all to you and I trust you that you are for me and that you're good. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray with you guys. God, we love you so much and we thank you for each person in this room. God, we thank you for how good of a, how good of a God you are, how you are the one true God and, and you're just, you're so good. And so we just, I ask Lord that each student as they, as they begin to just step in, God, that they would not be focused on what is around them where they can and cannot go, Father God, but they would just simply go after you. And when they go after you, Father God, that down the road they would just say, man, all that stuff I was worried about, I'm not even worried about it anymore. It's, it, it's nothing but a thing, God, that we would truly love you. God, that we would not see these, these rules of lists of do's and don'ts as how to earn your love, but we would just see these ways of showing you love, God. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.